How can I ever forget that day? The worst day of my life in business. What? We take control. We're here to inspire us. Welcome to Vital Mentor Series. I am Michael Ogunchola, the Peak Performance Strategist. This is a place where you learn from the best in business, leadership, and entrepreneurship. It's Mentor Tony Robbins that taught us that success leaves clue. If you want to get to a destination, look for someone that has gotten there and he will show you the ropes. That's why we are bringing to you the Vital Mentor Series. You will definitely find a worthy mentor on our platform. And like I always say, mentorship is not about proximity, it's about connection. Please stay to the very end for a very special bonus clip. There is a bonus clip I picked because it resonates with me. The mom was born on the 15th of July, 1951. She was once named the richest black woman on earth. She is the managing director of Rose of Sharon Group and the vice chair of Pampa Oil. She has investments in different sectors. She is passionate about the gospel. She is currently empowering women and doing a lot of things, even in philanthropy. She is a businesswoman. She is a thought leader. She is follower show Alakija. And here is our take on our top five lessons for success. I started off as a secretary. Okay. By the time I left the bank where I worked, where I'd spent 12 years, I knew that my life would have something to do with fashion mm -hmm. because I had always been passionate about fashion as, you know, as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I loved beautiful dresses even as a little girl. Mm -hmm. All my, my mother's children were talented and creative in terms of uh, art. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had the artistic talent mm -hmm. and I wanted to uh, seize that opportunity. I, I had always loved beautiful things around me. Mm -hmm. And I put two and two together. And the fact that I wanted to be a businesswoman anyway. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go into the fashion industry. Okay. And I, felt, I said to myself, okay, how, how do I do this? I'm coming from, from uh, well, I'd gone into different sectors of the bank. And I'd mm -hmm. ended up as a banker mm -hmm. when I was leaving. So it was a matter wait, of... Wait, wait, wait. You went from being secretary... Yes. ...to ended up being a banker. That's right. To the millions of secretaries who are watching <laughs> us right now. <laughs> They're sitting there. There you are typing. Did you, when you were a secretary, did you have any idea that this level of greatness was inside of you? I knew that the Lord had spoken to me years back and said to me that if you go into business, you will be greater than your, your father. Wow. God had said that to me many years wow. you know, back. And I had my focus on business ever since. I met a friend of mine on board who had um, invited me, who had told me that uh, she was uh, involved with uh, uh, a business group that wanted to lift crude in Nigeria. And from that point, I, that was the point where anything about oil came into my life. She wanted me to see whether I could uh, get the company that she was involved with uh, an opportunity 
to lift crude, Nigerian crude. It was an American company. And I went knocking on a few doors to be able to get me uh, uh, an appointment with the oil minister. Right. And the petroleum minister told me that the government of the day was not really interested in doing that anymore. But that um, there was, that they preferred to get companies to invest in the Nigeria oil industry. I took the message back and they said they didn't want to invest in Nigeria. So they left. And then I thought to myself after that, that well, now that I have a foot in the door, why don't I go back to the oil minister and find out what I can do in that industry? Basically, all that was in my mind was to try and get any kind of contract, just to earn a little bit more than what I was making in my fashion business. Mm -hmm. So I went back, uh, went to see some relatives of mine in NNPC, and uh, they suggested that why don't you go and try for transportation of crude. So I did my homework in that area, I went back to the minister, and uh, he said, well, by the time we start using, uh, connecting pipelines, more of that, when we start connecting more pipelines, we won't be needing the trucks as much as before. So I felt a bit disappointed again. Um, I went back and I was wondering what else I could do. On another visit, he then suggested to me that uh, because this, that current government at that time was more interested in getting Nigerians involved in exploiting its oil industry rather than having the multinationals continue to cut away the wealth of Nigeria. That uh, why don't I look at uh, oil exploration and production? So I felt rather depressed, dejected, and uh, it seemed as if uh, the final door had been shut in my face. I decided to um, not give up. Foreign Shalakija is not the type of person that gives up easily. Um, I decided to do some more homework. I started looking for technical partners, which I found. And we applied for an oil license. It took three years to get that oil license. And oil ministers changed hands a couple of times. And each time I had to reapply all over again. Then the license eventually came in August 1993 to my delight. And it was funny that it took another three years to be able to get a new set of technical partners because the first set of technical partners that we had um, did not want to have anything to do with the kind of block that we were allocated. It was deep offshore. Technology had not reached the water depth of the oil block that we had been allocated which was about uh, 5,000 feet. So we were going around looking for technical partners. 
that would team up with us and that would be able to um, not only provide the technical know-how, but also provide the, uh, the, the, the funds right. for us to be able to uh, explore and exploit it. After three years, we did get an invitation by Texaco uh, for a meeting. And we negotiated for three months, backwards and forwards. And I can say, to the glory of God, you know, the rest has been history. Some of the ingredients that have helped me, uh, uh, that, that I use on my day-to-day -day life in business, have spelt out success. Mm -hmm. S, mm -hmm. for sacrificing daily to make a difference. Okay. By going the extra mile. Mm -hmm. You for utilizing my time and my talent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to That's make things work. Because when, when, when you do not make use of the time, then you waste it. Mm -hmm. And when you waste your talent, you can never regain it. Mm -hmm. See, I consistently focus on my goals. Mm -hmm. And another C, mm -hmm. for credibility and reliability. Mm -hmm. We all know that um, ignorance mm -hmm. can be very expensive. Mm -hmm. And yes. people will label you when yeah. you are not credible, mm -hmm. when you are not reliable. Mm -hmm. People run away from you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help your business. Mm -hmm. E for education. Mm -hmm. Educate yourself, refresh yourself, retrain and retrain and retrain yourself. Find out information. Get. Uh, uh, linked up with uh, um, um, those who can help you. Mm -hmm. Go online, go for trainings, and uh, look for mentors. Mm -hmm. Just package yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to do that. Mm -hmm. S, say no to those who would want to discourage you. Mm -hmm. Do not allow no to discourage you. S, again, for seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will follow. How can I ever forget that day? The worst day of my life in business. This was in, I think it was in 1999, when the government of the day decided to back into our oil block by taking 40% of our 60% shareholding, which is two thirds of our ownership. Two thirds of our ownership of something that we had suffered over the years. It, when we initially got into making inquiries in the oil industry from 19, January 1991 to 1999, eight years of our lifetime had passed. All our life savings had been put into it. We had taken a sole risk, meaning that if we did not strike oil, and strike it in commercial quantity. 
we could have been wiped out. We decided to take that risk. And it was after we had discovered oil in commercial quantity that the, that, uh, that the government decided to back into our block and say, okay, now that it's looking juicy, we want a part of that. It wasn't fair. We felt cheated. We went calling and knocking on doors of friends who might be able to help us to salvage the situation. Nobody helped. It seemed as if we had suddenly become the plague. Mm. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with us to the extent that I had friends in high places who, when they bumped into me, would look the other way or would hold a newspaper to cover their faces. It was as bad as that. Wow. So now you are here with the government essentially taking away everything you had worked hard for. What was going through your mind? What did you want to do? How did you feel? We felt that we had nothing to lose by fighting back. But we had everything to gain if we won. So we decided to take the government of the day to court. People thought we were crazy. But there was nowhere else to go. Every door had been shut in our face. We were depressed, dejected, upset, angry, but who do you want to punch? Nobody to punch. Uh, it seemed as if it was the end of the world and everything had collapsed in our faces. I mean, this was a family business that become a family business. We were all, you know, working in it. My husband, my children, myself, and short of throwing in the towel and giving up, we decided we, will, we would not do that. That we would take the matter to court. People were think, saying, but you can never win against the government when you go to court. Government always wins. We said we're, it's going to be fight to finish. We are going to go all the way, whatever it takes. So we started from the lower courts. It took 12 years to get to um, the point of uh, the final judgment at the Supreme Court. It was bittersweet. There were times we would win on some motions. There were times we would lose on some motions in court. And uh, my husband played a fantastic role. He's a lawyer. Throughout that 12 year period, he was in court all the time. And uh, we were paying huge sums to be represented by uh, other lawyers and chambers in various courts. And there were sleepless nights. We were fasting, praying, and it was like we were on our own. Friends, relatives were abusing us, and they were saying things like, oh, so the government took 40%, came back, took another 10%, leaving us with the 
just 10% from our 60% shareholding of the entire um, partnership. So is 10% not enough for them? What are they looking for? So abuses everywhere. So that first day, that one day, in retrospect, when we look back, mm -hmm. we thank God for taking that bold step to decide to, to fight back. Mm -hmm. And why did we eventually win? We did, we had signed a, signed a contract at the beginning with the government that they could back into the oil block. But there were steps and processes that needed to be followed, which the government did not do. They were supposed to sit us down and negotiate with us before they could do anything with our block. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to give us compensation for whatever percentage they wanted to take from us. But where they went wrong was they didn't do any of that. And what they did is, we gave the license. We have the right to come into any block at any time that we please. And we can take what we want. Meaning, they wanted to reap where they didn't really sow because we had paid for the block. All the government dues we had paid right from the start. Nigeria has a constitution and nobody, even the government itself is not above the constitution. So it was those arguments that we built on mm -hmm. that got us the, uh, the opportunity to win the, 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 the case. Many thanks for engaging with our channel. Please, if there is any clip that resonates with you, kindly share in the comment section. The goal of knowledge is used. We are bringing this content to you because we know that it is possible to model a mentor. And success, like I always say, leaves clue. So if there is one lesson you have learned, it's not enough to learn. You have to also know and you have to also apply. Please apply some of these lessons and let us also know any virtual mentor we can learn from. Drop their name in the comment section so that we can do a work on them in the future broadcast. There's no industry or sector that's the exclusive preserve of any gender. Make sure that you do your homework. Make sure that you look for mentors. Make sure that you acquire the requisite skills to enable you to succeed in your chosen venture. Never take no for an answer. I didn't take no for an answer. I never will take no for an answer. And for me, there's no such word as can't. One of the very first things that one should do is always to ask God first, to ask God where he wants you to be, what he has planned for your destiny. And I believe that if you do that, against all odds, no matter what may be thrown at you, you will still be standing the way I'm standing today. I come 
from a family of traders, businessmen and women. And that helped me in my entrepreneurship skills later on in life. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from that. Mm -hmm. I was in boarding school um, initially, and then I went to England in boarding school again with a half-sister of mine, came mm -hmm. back to Nigeria, boarding school again. Um, when, we, when, when we were going on holiday, I used to go and stay in my mom's store. Mm -hmm. So that opened my eyes to the deeper parts of trading. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot about merchandising, marketing, mm -hmm. customer service, uh, colors, mm -hmm. fabrics, mm -hmm. textures. I didn't know that, that was, all that was preparing me for the future.